It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome, and so glad you could be with us today. We're excited to have Joanne Losey back on the show. Joanne, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'll do a proper introduction here of uh, Joanne in just a second. Today, we're going to be covering building and leading superstar teams. So that means we're going to go to the, to the Hall of Justice and get uh, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, all of them together, right, Joanne? Is that what we're in? <laughs> I've worked with several of those characters, maybe not all at the same time, but we'll talk about how you can make that a reality. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so today is also um, the end. Um, so this will be the last show that we do for Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Um, and here's the reason why. It's been a fantastic experience and love, love, love all the notes and letters and um, messages we got from around the world. It's been a busy year for uh, for me personally. So wrote the first book, um, started on the second, right, Joanne? We're, we're working on our uh, book together, so we'll, we'll we'll fill them in some more on that. Yeah. Um done the radio show, started a company with Joanne, um, sent first child off to college, still did all the normal kind of things. And so as I looked out through over the course of the next year, I, I decided I was going to take some of my own advice and sort of take a step back and say, where is it we're heading next? So Joanne and I will be working on a book together all around how do you build um, and lead teams and some of the best practices that we see from the work that we're doing. And so to be able to do that, um, plus with some increased travel, it was just going to get harder and harder to do uh, a quality show each and every week. So this will be the end for now, but stay tuned. There'll be more, uh, whether it's podcast or radio show in the future. We'll give you some information at the end of the show, but just want to let you know how much we've appreciated all of you and from all around the world, whether it's China or Abu Dhabi or Turkey or India or right here in the U.S., many of the states. We really appreciate you guys listening each and every week. So Joanne, welcome back. Joanne is the um, CEO of uh, Volt. Uh, sorry, that's uh, me, uh, <laughs> of Loisy Consulting and the managing partner of Fortified Leadership Group, a partnership that Joanne and I created together to, to work with larger companies around the world. Uh, she's uh, a sought-after speaker, uh, runs many great conferences for organizations, associations, uh, and companies, and is here today to talk about how do we build and lead successful teams. So, Joanne, third time on the show, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm delighted and honored to be uh, a guest on this your last uh, Volcast. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So the good news is it, it won't end. We'll be doing more and uh, different things. But, uh, you know, I, I guess in this day and age, you know, why do you think that uh, teams are so important? Obviously, to you and I, if we're going to take time to, to write a book, we, we think very passionately about it. But, but sort of why is that topic so um, important to you at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of different um, kind of uh, the convergence of a few different factors in the marketplace right now and within organizations that are making the focus on teams so important right now. I mean, obviously, teams have been around for a long period of time. Um, Many organizations have had, um, you know, teams that have been, you know, very successful. Some organizations have had teams that haven't been successful. But right now, what I would say is, you know, just the uh, really the kind of 
changing dynamics of the workplace, you know, younger generations coming in, having larger leadership roles, taking on responsibilities, maybe, you know, in a more rapid fashion than their predecessors um, is really important. Um, The speed at which organizations operate, not only driven by technology and social media, just the marketplace itself is evolving. And so, as we've known for many years, no one individual can make all of those decisions, has the capacity to lead, can really, you know, think about everything that needs to be thought about. And so, the importance of having many voices, many minds in the game um, is important. And how do they work together very effectively to take that information, those insights, and translate it into business success? Um, I think that's what's really driving a lot of the focus right now. Yeah, I agree with you. The um, you know the thing where I've seen the biggest change is even all the way back. You know, Joanna and I both have four kids. Um, when we were children, we we did a lot of individual work. You know, my kids now, you know, starting uh, Henry's in fifth grade. You know, so my youngest has already done group projects and PowerPoint presentations together and brought it forth. And so it's so much more the standard. And so if you have a workplace that's still dominated by the individual you're missing out so much on the knowledge that gets shared of best practices and really innovating. And so I've seen teams as the innovators that push and find the best ideas. And, you know, sometimes sure we'll talk about later in the program, but it's also that they're more and more distributed, you know, so it's no longer we have, you know, the corporate headquarters at GE and we all go to Crotonville and, and, and learn together and then go back to our, our workplace and we sit two feet away from each other. Now they're, you know, with many teams you and I work with, they're all over the globe and they've got to figure out new and better ways to work together. So this topic is is here to stay for, you know, at least a generation, I think. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think the sort of the duration of how long a team is intact and in place has also changed, um, you know, and we've talked about agile teams for many years, but really, you know, kind of having a group of people come together, operate in a cohesive way to achieve some shared goals is not always something that's going to be in place for a year or two years or for as long as we can see. Um, And so just even the pace at which teams are assembled, the challenges they're facing, and then disbanded, um, you know, people are moving from team to team in a much more rapid fashion. Um, And I agree with you, like, as our our kids are going through school, that is definitely a a changing dynamic um, that is different than I think many of us experienced while we were getting our education as well. Do we get a trophy for uh, showing up together? No, just kidding. <laughs> Couldn't resist. It's, it's been fun. I we, love one. Yeah. We, we've covered that topic before. The um, And I was sharing this with Joanne uh, when we were working on our book a few weeks ago. You know, this uh, article in the Wall Street Journal, there are even companies now that are whole, hiring whole teams to come in. So not just an individual, but a team to come in and lead a specific part of the business or a significant project. And so this isn't like a consulting group, you know, that comes in and gives you a bunch of ice and goes away. These are actually intact teams. We bring you in and say, go solve this, go do this, go launch this product. I think, you know, we're really on the cusp of some uh, fascinating conversations, Joanne. Mm. I mean, how do you attract a team of people is going to be a significantly different yeah. um, a level of skill that that many of you know your listeners and many of us are trying to grapple with. It's hard enough to, in this environment to find really great talent, be able to recruit them um, and really have them come and add value and, and feel like it's a place that they want to work and grow. Now start thinking about that in terms of teams of two, three, four, or maybe even more people. And that's just a challenge I don't think many of us have ever, ever dealt with. 
Yeah, we still haven't quite mastered the performance appraisal and how do you rate individual versus team, you know, and, and gotten completely comfortable with that. And now we're thinking, let's br- just bring the team in and we're going to have to do this. So I think as as listeners, what I want you to be really considering is, you know, what are you doing to sort of attract the top talent and then quickly assimilate them in to the group so that it can really become a team and not just a group. So Joanne, you know, you know, where would you like to go next? You know, I know we've got a formula. I know we've, we've got some best practices, worst practices. Where would you like to go next? Yeah. I mean, can I just add one other tip to what you Please. just said, Jeff? Please. Yeah. The, the other thing I would say is, look, uh, Jeff, you and I both know that, you know, as we've moved from an organiz- one organization to another organization, um, it's not uncommon for people in leadership roles to, I would say, bring a friend or two along, right? Our organizations are even structured in ways and have project, uh, I'm sorry, programs where people get referral bonuses for bringing along friends, right? Um, I'm saying friends, but obviously colleagues, people that you work worked with and trust. Um, and so I think just as Jeff mentioned, you know, thinking through some of those challenges, also think about what's been a best practice as it relates to onboarding people um, as they come along um, with a leader and they hire on new people. And how do you maybe accelerate that? And so look for some practices that have worked for you in that regard as well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe let's uh, just spend a couple of minutes before we got about three minutes or so to break here. Um, what's the difference between a group and a team? So maybe we can just start with a definition. And then on the other side, we'll start to talk about how do you increase ownership and accountability of teams. So, Joanne, you know, we, we hear this thing all the time. You know, often we think about sports teams, you know, but we've got executive teams that are they a team or a group? We, we, we've got someone to come together for a project. Is that a team or is that a, just a group of people on a project? So how do you sort of think of the difference between a group and a team? Yeah, and I've um, I've used and again a resource that I've you know kind of gone back to over the years is uh, the Wisdom of Teams sure. uh, by Katzen Back and Smith and you know I think the core elements of what makes a really effective team has to do with first and foremost having a shared purpose a common purpose mm. you know why do we all exist and why are we together and I think that first measure starts to differentiate whether you're a group or a team if you don't have that common mission or vision it's going to be an issue um, secondly I think you need to have some kind of stake in the game together? What are some either shared performance goals or what are some of the results that because we operate together, we all have to contribute and then we all might feel the pain if we don't accomplish those. Um, And then really what I always refer to as the secret sauce, like what are our operating guidelines? How are we going to get along? And what are the skills that we have in place and are they complementary? And last but not least, how do we hold people accountable? So minimally, I, you know, start with that equation and and Jeff and I are going to share with you a little bit later kind of how we're thinking about teams and how to increase ownership of teams. But if you're really going to talk about what makes a team versus a group, I'm going to go back to that. We have a common purpose and some shared goals um, versus we are a group of people who have to operate simultaneously to achieve something. I mean, would you, what would you add to that definition, Jeff? No, I, I, the definition is strong. Uh, I, I'm similar. Katzenbach Smith did a great job in Wisdom of Teams. Um, until our book comes out, it is the you know preeminent uh, best book out there. But stay tuned for uh, maybe this fall. The uh, <laughs> what, what I'd say, Joanne, um, is how often I hear uh, like our listeners they talk about a team, but it's really what I would call a group of individuals that come together that. Their common purpose is really not purpose. Their common reason to get together is because they all report to the same boss. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what's missing often is that shared purpose. And I love the way you just said that, you know, do they have common skin in the game? What's the stake that they're all kind of putting forth? 
And so even executive teams, you know, we call them teams, but for the most part, they go and manage their own silos and they spend 90% of their time in those silos, 5% external maybe, and then only 5% in the executive group. And so one of the things I really push folks on is just because you call it a team does not make it a team. Really start to study how much time are you spending together? Have you set up those operating principles? Do you have common purpose and do you have a common stake? And once they start to analyze that, they realize why they're not very aligned often at the executive level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so as you, you know, as you think about your organizations to, you know, to your listeners, as you think about the organizations that you're in, you know, I, it's almost a fun exercise to say, like, am I on a team or are we a group of people? Now, even if you're just with a group of people, that doesn't mean that there can't be some benefit for you operating as a team. But always ask yourself, do we exist as a team for a very specific reason? And if not, you know, really, then I think it's a good time for you to stop and and analyze kind of what is it we either need to do to become a team or do we just stop calling ourselves a team um, and and not worry as much about some of the, the elements that make an effective team? That's great, Joanne. So I think this is off to a great start. We've got a, you know sort of a good working definition. We understand why teams are going to be important. Uh, we'll continue to sort of build on that, you know. But for the listener, what I want you really to, to understand is that they're here to stay. They're going to get more complicated, um, and we're going to have some tips and tools for you as we go out throughout the show. Joanne's going to be with us for for the whole show, and we'll start to pick up some on our formula and some ways that you can start to build more successful teams. We'll be back in two minutes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. 
Welcome back. I'm so glad to have uh, Joanne Losey on the show with me today. If uh, you want to go back and listen to any of the old shows, please go to VoltageLeadershipConsulting.com. You can find the shows there. Also look for Joanne and I at FortifyLeadership.com, and you'll be able to get some of our new information, see some of the clients we've been working with, and be able to grab some of the the best content uh, that we're putting out there and some of our thought leadership. So, Joanne, before the break, we were talking about the difference between sort of groups and teams. And, you know, as we start to think about some of the best teams we've worked with, you know, I know that you and I have started to work on a formula that we think really helps to drive some ownership and accountability in teams. You want to start with the formula in this in this section of the show? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just as you know, look, there's lots of different ways to think about how teams can be effective. You know, one of the things, Jeff, as you know, a lot of our current clients are telling us about, you know, it's not that the individuals themselves are not effective, but how do we really increase ownership for those shared performance goals that we were talking about just before the break? Um, And so to kind of address that, we've created a little bit of an equation and four elements that we think are really critical for teams to be able to own. So let me start with the first, which is really around context and understanding. Um, And, you know, we find that in this really rapid pace, constantly evolving um, kind of environments that most of our, our executive leadership teams work in, you know, getting that context and understanding and having that be shared so that everybody's on the same page, so to speak, is going to be a really big challenge. Um, the second component or the second element is what we would say is role clarity. Um, and, you know, I always say this is uh, just not something we're ever going to have 100% role clarity, especially as we continue to have people have to step up and evolve and, and really step into spaces they've never been in before. But understanding what you're personally accountable for and how you contribute to an organization is going to be really critical. The third piece is capacity. Um, now, we also can talk about this a little bit like time management, but, you know, Jeff and I will tell you some stories. It's not that these individuals don't know how to manage their time. Of course they do. Um, it's that truly the amount of work, the amount of accountabilities that they're being asked to pick up really far exceeds the amount of capacity that they have. And so we talk a little bit about how do you increase capacity? It's less about managing time. I mean, clearly everyone could always use a couple of tips around that, but really, Um, ultimately it's about how do we increase our personal capacity and last but not least is accountability and how do you drive both individual as well as team accountability what are the things you need to put in place so that we can hold ourselves accountable so really at the end we talk about ownership um, in a team level around context and understanding plus role clarity plus capacity plus accountability well it's brilliant you know i think joanne it's um you know, the, the part that I've enjoyed about working with this is once folks see that, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. And they can, they can also point to what's maybe not working. Uh, you know, one that I think is uh, underestimated in this is the context and understanding. You know, just why are we together? Why do we exist? Um, and why are we coming together now? And, you know, one of the questions that, that folks often um, get stuck on, they get stuck together in a team for way too long like they've just been meeting week after week after week year after year after year Mm -hmm. and so it's taking that step back and just saying well why do we come together what is the context what are we driving to what purpose do we serve in the organization and just coming in and asking some of those questions is pretty amazing you know i know that uh, i'm currently working with a executive team that is just getting a new ceo and i think that's going to be one of the first questions that the ceo is really asking is why is this group together? What, what's their greater purpose? 
And what are they doing to live out the mission and vision of the organization and how well have they served it? So I think it's a great place to start. Yeah, and a, a couple of things to watch out for as you're doing this with your team. So those of you who are going to try and apply some of these concepts is especially when it's a new leader. And Jeff, you and I both worked with different teams in terms of new leaders is almost this concept of like, let's ask the question, but without judgment. Right. Uh, because, you know, why do we exist can be a very offensive question, <laughs> which would then provoke defensiveness. Um, and so it's really about opening up the conversation and really talking about, you know, not only, you know, as Jeff said, like, why do we exist? But, hey, you know, there's probably a lot of really good reasons why we do. Let's anchor in what those are. What may have changed since last we contracted or came up with why we exist? And what does it need to be going forward? And how do we look at the challenges, the strategic goals that we have in response to the market? And so it's a good, um, it's an evolution of a conversation, um, even for teams that have been in place for, say, a year, to come back and actually ask that question again to make sure that we're really focused on the things that are going to make the biggest difference. Good. You know, a tool that we talked about earlier, and uh, I know that Cara um, Wilson, when she was on the show, and then um, when Lee and I talked about it previously, was the waterline. And that really helps with role clarity about often we get, we start, start to point at teams and say it's an interpersonal or it's an individual problem. So I just go back and listen a little bit to the waterline. I've written a blog on it on the website and go back and look at that tool to say, okay, how do we make decisions as a team? Who's on point? You know, and you can't have a team be accountable. We'll we'll go over to accountability in a second, but an individual is accountable. The team might have responsibility, but accountability has to stop with one person. So we can look at someone and said, who's, who is ultimately responsible? And so one of the things that this waterline will help is let's get point people. And on this decision, it's going to be Joanne. On the next one, it might be Jennifer. On the next one, it might be Lee. But we've got to be able to have that clarity. And I see a lot of teams that come together and they don't get the role clarity. They kind of hope that it's going to work out and they feel like, hey, it's a bunch of good people in this group of people. And so that leads often to either one of two things, no conflict or it's all conflict. So I also think that part of role clarity helps to drive down the conflict and help the conflict be creative conflict that leads to innovation and not conflict that leads us to paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I liken it a little bit to creating a strategic plan and, and you know, mm-hmm. and strategy answers both what are we and what aren't we. Um, and so if you think about role clarity, Again, it's not meant to be something that is limiting, but the clarity of kind of what I'm accountable for doing and what decisions I might be accountable for um, provides me the opportunity to know kind of where do I need to focus my energy, my time, my resources, and where shouldn't I? Um, Because, you know, let's face it, you you and me and and everyone who's listening here has been working on something and somebody else is working on the same project. Um, And it's been because of a lack of clarity. And to your point, it's either going to lead to oh, let's be creative about this and try and come up with a better solution together if we can self-select into that. But oftentimes it's like, this is mine. No, it's yours. And it creates really negative culture and it, and not really an environment that's going to be conducive to a high-performing team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Joey, I think you alluded to this a little bit when you're setting up the formula, but you want to give us just a, a few of your thoughts around capacity and just build that out just a little bit because that's probably one that folks aren't completely used to thinking about in a team environment. 
Yeah, this I you know I was just having a conversation yesterday with a leader around this whole concept of capacity and and how to really where to spend your time and how are you going to be spending um, your time in a way that it produces the results that you need. So let me just give you a little bit of background for this very quickly. Um, that this leader, you know, she she really has this need or she feels like whenever there's something not being done, she needs to jump in and do it. Um, and that's served her quite well in her advancement of her career, right? She's she stepped up. She's gone into other spaces. And what, what has happened is that she is now accountable in many people's minds for things beyond what she has in terms of her role and the clarity of her role. And so when we think about capacity, we need to really think everything from the fundamentals of time management to am I spending my time on the things that matter most? And you know, this is a little bit of prioritization and how do we say yes and no to requests that come our way. But it also has to do with not just what's going on in the workplace, but how do you think about capacity overall in your life? You know, too often we think, oh, people are on 24-7. And we know that the most effective leaders don't operate 24-7. They might be paying attention all of that time, but really there needs to be some time to reflect. There needs to be some time to kind of step away. Um, And so setting up some guardrails and thinking about kind of what those boundaries are. And then within those guardrails and boundary, how do I maximize the time that I have? How do I really look and say, for example, at my calendar, if I think about the percentage of time that I'm spending on various activities, does that align to what I'm supposed to be delivering? Is that really the mark of a leader, how I'm stepping up and supporting my people, supporting my business? So there's a variety of tools and techniques that you can use or one can use to really think about capacity. But, you know, really overall, how much can I get done? And it's going to be about and how do I work smarter? Yeah, and I would go back to um, the show that we did with Scott Eblen on uh, overworked and overwhelmed. Scott gave us a lot of great ideas. You know, I also think about uh, when Amy Ankrum was on the show, and we talked at the sort of strategy level about the team capacity, too. And one of the things that they discovered was, as a team, they were responsible for setting pace for the organization, and that they were saying yes to too many things. And so they weren't doing... um, things very well they were doing lots of activities and so they really start to focus on like they call them rocks sort of like one or two rocks per quarter and they found that that has led the organization to be able to have capacity to do things really well and still have some innovation really high quality service so i think for the leadership team when they're working together it's also saying what can the organization handle not just the members of this team but what can the, the organizational be able to take on and what capacity does the organization have for this work as well? Yeah, I mean, and those of us who've worked in call centers or any really kind of structured environment, we know that capacity is a really critical part about how effective you are, not only in terms of producing number results, but what's the quality of the experience. And as we think about leadership and how do we want to think about this concept you just, just you know, introduced around capacity of the team, you know, we can we can drive people really hard and burn them out very quickly. Um, that's actually a pretty easy thing for us to do. But when we think about that longer term, and again, how long does this team need to be in place? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's a sprint. And so we can have, you know, um, be very targeted, very focused and fill up capacity because we're up against a deadline. But too often we're actually running a marathon and we operate at a sprint um, pace. And so we're kind of 
you know, telling people we have to get this done, we have to get this done, we have to get this done. And we're not thinking overall, like, how does this all work out so that we can think about how do we have people apply their efforts at a more even keel along the entirety of the project or process? Well, speaking of sprints, we're kind of up, coming up against a, uh, a, another commercial break. So, you know, we'll be accountable to say that uh, a great book there is Winning with Accountability. We can talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break, but we'll be back in two minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Aliens with Gas, we are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here. Here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. We've been talking about how do you build and lead superstar teams, ones that produce and achieve really significant results. So we're going to shift in some gears here around accountability decision making. Uh, Just one quick note, you know, I've got Joey and Losey here. She is managing partner of Fortify Leadership Group. And you can find information about Joanne and myself and what we're doing at uh, fortifyleadershipgroup.com and love for you to reach out and see what we can do to help your organization. So, Joanne, you know, we, we kind of alluded to it in the last segment about accountability. Why is accountability and decision making just so critical for uh, teams to be successful? Well, I mean, 
let's kind of just put the cards on the table, Jeff, that accountability is one of those words that everybody loves to discuss, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's uh, everything from performance evaluations to, you know, uh, how do we work with each other every day around accountability? And I think it's become a word where, you know, it's a weapon um, that I'm holding you accountable and it's a negative. But, you know, I would kind of really challenge anyone who has that as a mindset around accountability to think through and say, you know, if if I'm clear on what it is I need to deliver um, and you're clear on what it is we need to deliver, we can actually have a more objective conversation when things don't get delivered as planned. Um, and, it, you know, and it doesn't become as personal. And again, back to why is accountability so critical for teams? It's if we're spending more of our time blaming each other or trying to assess whose responsibility it was to do something that just takes our energy and our our vision off of delivering results um, and getting the outcomes that we hope to get as an organization. And so really establishing accountability provides um, not only clarity around who should be delivering what, but also a protocol by which we can really hold people accountable and say, you know, let's have a conversation around why maybe something wasn't delivered as it should have been. Um, Really critical as it relates to effective teams is having that and keeping that as an open dialogue and not having it degrade into a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I've heard you mention Racy, Daisy, and, uh, you know, my friend Stacy. But, uh, you know, what what is Racy and Daisy and what's that have to do with some with decision making? And are those tools that might be helpful for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, they're project management tools, and depending on which version you have, but um, I always kind of talk about DACI, which is uh, was uh, popularized by a, a large consulting firm, but it uh, really is around how do we clarify, role, and this talks about role accountability as well as, you know, being able to be clear around the expectations, and it's really around identifying in every process or project who is the decision maker. Um, I think you said at the top of the show, you know, who at the end of the day is going to be the person who um, declares satisfaction, yes or no, we accomplished this, we didn't accomplish it. Um, And so who is the decision maker? And to your point, even on a team, teams don't make decisions, individuals make decisions. Let's come back to that in just a minute, because I think that's a really important element of effective teams is that they understand how to make decisions. You know, the second piece is around who's accountable. That means who's going to do the work. And that can be more than one person depending on what type of work you want to have role clarity, even with uh, multiple performers in that regard, but who's accountable. And then the second two elements, which I think are really also important in terms of how do we uh, get quality decisions and do it in a, in a, in a very kind of uh, effective amount of time is who do we consult? So if we're going to make a decision, who do we need to talk to before we make that decision, before we move to action? And then the last component, really, that I letter is around who do we inform once the decisions are made? Um, And there's different versions of this tool, but I have found working with a variety of teams on very complex processes that if you can sit down and uh, discuss this, I was going to say duke it out, but if you can (laughs) discuss this as it relates to who is on point and who makes decision, it is an unbelievably valuable exercise, but just kind of be prepared because it will likely be contentious um, that, again, I thought I was the decision maker. No, I'm the decision maker. And sometimes it's really about how do we tease apart a process because maybe somebody is a decision maker for one part of it and then another person's a decision maker on another part. And so the quality of those discussions, it it really, to me, creates a much more, uh, not only a better team environment, but better understanding, easier to hold each other accountable, and ultimately, end of the day, have a lot more fun when you're delivering against those results. 
And I think it's absolutely critical for building a superstar team that you get that clarity. I'm I'm working with an organization, Joanne, that uh, I met with a couple of folks this morning. And um, they tend to yield to big groups of people making decisions. And and they'll have like two or three different groups. And so a group will come together. And notice I'm not saying team. A group comes together and they think they've made a decision. And then they pass it over to this other group who can counterman, can offer a different suggestion, all that kind of stuff. Well, there are about three of these groups in this organization. And what ends up happening is the decision in a highly effective team that could be made in one to two weeks is taking three to four months. And they're missing out on their ability to get to market consistently over and over. So we're trying to get them into that process. But now you're crossing cultures. This is an international company. And it's a real struggle. And and it's really just that inability to say, who will make the decision? So it's kind of crazy. So I guess, you know, Joanne, for one of the things I'm maybe just curious about is when you look at maybe the best sort of teams that you're working on, what are they doing right? You know, so, you know, we go back up to the, you know, Katzenbach and Smith, I'm sure there's some shared purpose, stake in the game, complementary skills, operating guidelines, clear sense of accountability. But, you know, sort of at the block and attacking level, what types of things do you see them doing together to be successful? Yeah. So, you know, I would start with obviously uh, communication and that there's an established way that people will communicate, um, you know, like you and I have sat in, I don't know how many staff meetings. Um, and, you know, and we consider that communication, right? We had a meeting and I've disseminated the information and we're done. So really, truly thank you through the whole communication dynamic. What information do people know? And I, I usually use the term communicating for action mm-hmm. because too often we just, you know, lay information out there and expect people to know what to do with it. So I would say that teams that are really good as and a practical level communicate for action. So they're clear about what do you do with this information or do you not do anything with this information? It's truly just to keep you um, aware. Um, so communication, fundamental, um, coming up with how we're going to communicate, um, you know, and, you know, as we think about some of the generational norms in terms of communication styles and how different generations communicate, when we start to have multi-generational teams, um, that's going to be another component, which is, you know, not everyone is comfortable, you know, communicating a strategic goal via text. Some people are, um, you know, when is face-to-face appropriate, when is electronic communication in its various forms the right way to communicate? Um, you know, again, thinking through, like, what am I going to use this information? What's a purpose of it? Why do I have it? And so teams spend time understanding why we're sharing what we're sharing. Um, and that keeps them concise. It keeps them forward looking. Um, and what I, like I would say, communicating for action. So that's going to be one component. Um, the second thing I would highlight, oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, Jeff. No, no, that's good. I wrote down what I'm going to write. So okay. you keep going. You're all All right. Good. <laughs> the second thing I would talk about is really around um, meetings and how to hold effective meetings. And oh my goodness, if I could have, you know, um, I, I, I say if I could have a dime for every time somebody told me that uh, a meeting was ineffective, I've done classes on how to hold effective meetings and, and people will range. Like when I ask the question, what percentage of your meetings do you feel are completely ineffective um, and a waste of your time? And often, sadly, I get between 40 and 80 percent of meetings are not effective and are not, you know, are a waste of people's times. And I think that comes down to some of the very fundamental tools and tips of how to have an effective meeting, which is, do you have an agenda? Are you clear on the objectives that that agenda is trying to accomplish? 
Do you have the right people in the room? Especially if you're thinking about making a decision, do you have the people who can inform the decision, make the decision in the room? It sounds like your example earlier, Jeff, maybe not always the case. So, you know, what's the purpose of this meeting and, and how do we really make sure that we've, to the capacity question, we've left enough time to have the right discussions so that when we make a decision or move towards action, we're confident that what we're doing is the right move for us as a team. Yeah, good stuff, Joey. And, and uh, you know, I go back to that decision making. It's really critical because so often we don't have somebody that's in the room and you look around and people know. So you're 40 minutes into the conversation and you look around like, yeah, it looks like we're going to another, have another meeting for this. And that just disengages everybody. It disempowers the team. So even if that person can't be the whole time the decision maker, can they be there for the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes so that we get either clear direction or we get a decision made? Um, my other thought was on this multi-generational, as you were talking about, you know, communication really does vary. And so I've got this gentleman that's about 63 and he's got a 37-year-old and a 42-year-old that are his two sort of uh, associate deans and things under him. And just the way uh, he, he really comes from the space of no communication means you're doing a good job. And they come from the space of I need regular communication to know like regular feedback to know am I on point, am I not on point. And just watching them come together and finding common norms. And this is how this team will communicate success. And here's how often we'll give feedback. This team is now humming and they could barely stand to be in the same room not six months ago. But it really came down to what's our operating norm around communication and feedback and how do we share with each other? And they could not have been further apart six months ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, decision making, as you talked about it, you know, feedback is critical to me. That's a form of communication, right? This whole concept of decision making, you know, I, as you've heard me say this before, I call it, what's your decision making protocol? Um, which is, you know, how are we going to make decisions in this case? And it sounds like, right, your team, you, you're getting clarity around that. In which cases is the leader going to make the decision? In which case are we going to use consensus? Are we going to use majority? Are we going to have subject matter expert make decision? And when I alluded to this earlier, I think really effective teams are good at changing that decision protocol to match the decision. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the most senior person is going to have the best view. They're going to have information maybe others don't have, and they should be the person to make the decision. You know, in some cases, it's going to be, let's do it by consensus. What I think I would suggest is, you know, one, declare your decision-making protocol. And then secondly, um, you know, really challenge yourself of like, are we making decisions as a team? And if it's just literally like a leader is just asking people, maybe you're not a team. Um, so, you know, again, decisions in a team environment can be a higher quality. Um, but that's going to rely upon us all being clear on how is a decision being made? Um, who's making the decision? And then, oh, by the way, let's declare that a decision has been made. Um, and that's, you know, another kind of element of making teams effective. Absolutely. And then, as Joanne alluded to earlier, you inform the rest of the organization that decisions have been made. So I'm going to inform you that it's time for our next break. So we will come back for the uh, last segment of the show. We'll be back in two minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I've got Joanne Losey here, managing partner of Fortify Leadership Group on the line. And, uh, you know, she will be uh, sort of taking us home uh, the last segment of the show here. So, Joanne, you know, I, I'm a listener out there and, you know, I, I want to go do this. And I want my team to be that superstar team that is producing fantastic results. You know, you've worked with a lot of really successful teams. Can you maybe just tell us about the first few steps that you would have our listeners, you know, start to take, you know, to take steps towards that you've seen other organizations be successful? Yeah. So, you know, I there's a couple of ways that this conversation can come up. And I think the first thing I would advise you all is just think through, like, when are those opportunities, those windows of opportunity? So often... You know, when there's a new leader in place, uh, there's a, it's a great opening, a great time for you to think through, like, are we a team? Or if you're supporting a team, um, more in a like an HR function, and you're supporting a team, it's a great time to initiate the conversation of like, what are we about, and and does this team exist? And let's go through and think through the various elements that we talked about in terms of the team. Um, so. One is to look for your opening, um, because this is hard to push, as as, uh, one of my former bosses said, it's like pushing a rope. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't really push a rope. Um, So if somebody, if a leader doesn't want to have this conversation, um, they either 
uh, you know, they either want to have it or they may not want to have it. Now, if they don't want to have it, you can build a case. Um, sometimes it's good to think through, you know, what is some feedback that you've been receiving from people on the team, maybe people deeper in the organization around why, um, you know, for example, a leadership team would be more effective if they spent some time talking about the topics we've talked about. So that's going to be one is find your opening, build a case, and be clear about what you're trying to accomplish when you have the team together. Um, Jeff, you and I spent a lot of time asking questions around that, and it's really critical to know what does the leader want out of a particular conversation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and one thing I'd just say is there's no perfect time to start a team, but there are better times, right? <laughs> and so, you know, so don't wait for the perfect time. It's never going to come. But after a miss or you're launching a new product, you're reorganizing, there's, you know, a new boss coming in or several new teammates coming in, those are all good signals. So, yeah, continue on, Joanne. Give me some more. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So, so once you have, you know, kind of the building, uh, the, the build, the case, and there's an open conversation, you know, I say figure out where the energy is. Where should you start? Jeff and I introduced a few concepts around, you know, again, our little equation around context and understanding, role clarity, capacity, and accountability, and really do a little time to assess with the leader, where or with the team members and whole, if that's the kind of conversation you could have, where do we have the biggest opportunity? Where should we start? I would say that every team, no matter how effective, could continue to look at those four elements and get even better. But most teams will have a breakdown. Often it's around role clarity. Or it might be around context and understanding. I start with those two. I work from left to right um, in the math equation because to me, uh, you know, the big picture is missing. It's hard for us to get specific actions. But really identify where are we lacking. Um, And sometimes when we have new members to the team, as you talked about, or we're changing what we're supposed to be delivering, organizations um, in terms of reorganizations, a lot of confusion around role clarity. That's where you can start. So figure out where the most energy is, where you can solve a problem for the leader and for the team. And once they understand and can appreciate what you're delivering and how you're supporting them, they'll be open, guaranteed to the wider conversation once they see the benefit of having a discussion around those areas. I love it. And, you know, um, I wrote a blog recently, where's all the fun gone? You know, so I also just say that this building of the team should be fun, right? You know, so I know that lots of us, you know, are in serious work, healthcare organizations, military, you know, trade associations, serious things are going on, but we lose the track of fun sometimes too. So as we are coming together, you know, dream a little, when we are at best, what's going to happen? Find some ways to celebrate, learn about the people on the team and see if you can incorporate a little of that fun and not have it all be like, Oh my gosh, here's all the current reality. Here's all the problems. When I see best teams, they understand their purpose, where they're heading, and they know how to have fun in the appropriate times with each other. Mm-hmm. And step a little bit out of their comfort zone. Yes. You know, do things in a little bit of a different way, whether it's benchmarking against you know an industry or an organization that you would not necessarily benchmark about, but you like certain aspects of that team. Um, doing research on some of the better known organizations that have very effective teams. Heck, looking at sports teams, what works for them. Maybe even looking at one of your kids' little league teams. You know, what is it? Where can you find that innovation, find that inspiration? Um, maybe do some activities that you wouldn't typically do as a team. All of that is going to really help to build the relationships, um, which, you know, fundamentally, as we talk about effective teams and, and these elements we've talked about, accountability, communication, um, how do we work together? That's really about how do we build the relationships that are going to help us to work together in a way that we achieve the uh, 
um, the outcomes that we're expecting as an organization. Um, and I, I completely agree with you. I always say take serious what's serious and the rest just play with. So, you know, you know what's most important focus your energy and your importance and I would say your big boy or big girl attitudes towards those things and for the rest find the child within Joanne truly appreciate you being on the show again uh, anything uh, you know in 30 seconds or so wrap up here before I, before I wrap up the show yeah I would just say you know as you're looking at the various uh, people that you work with figure out whether or not you're with a group or you're with a team should you be a team and if you should be a team there's a lot of resources Jeff and I tried to outline some of them for you today you can come to us on our website to see some of those and hopefully you know as we go forward moving you know to publish our book like there'll be resources for you out there and really start with your energy where you know where the need is the greatest um, and stick with it and keep having the conversation because the conversation is what's going to drive um, greater understanding on all of these elements and thank you so much for having me Jeff absolutely Joanne so to uh, all, all my listeners out there thank you for being with us the last year and a quarter or so it's been a fantastic ride um, doesn't mean it's ending so if you want to go back and listen to past episodes go to voltageleadership.com and we will have the past episodes there we've got our blogs got all of our information going forward you've heard from Joanne myself we have started this new company called uh, Fortify Leadership Group so if you go to fortifyleadershipgroup.com you'll be able to find our information get more information about upcoming the upcoming book that Joanne and I are working on around teams we'll also continue to put out information and be able to help you learn and grow with us so either voltageleadershipconsulting.com to get the old episodes or stay tuned at Fortify Leadership Group to be able to learn more about what we're doing I'd like to thank the folks at uh, Voice America. They've been fantastic. Winston Price, I especially want to give a shout out to. He was the executive producer that found me, asked if I would consider doing a show together. And uh, he was a great role model, mentor, and just taught me a ton about how to do this and really built my confidence. Also to uh, Kevin and A-Rod is on the sound today. Uh, They're the wizards behind the scenes that that bring this to you, that help keep us on track um, and help us laugh and have a good time uh, between the segments of the show. Um, Lee Hubert and Jennifer Owen O'Quill, uh, they were the, the frequent co-hosts that were here to help with the show. Really a big shout out. Joanne, three times on the show, really appreciate all of your partnership, all your mentoring and all the guidance. And then to folks like Zach Mercurio, go buy his book. It is doing great. It's Invisible Leader. It's on the, uh, it was the number one leadership book. Uh, John Hagmeyer and Jeff Smith, we, we wrote a book together. Uh, look for that from AHA to All In. And finally, to my friends like Cara and Susan and Scott Evelyn that joined the show and provide such great thoughts. Thanks for being with us for that. But finally, to the listeners, thanks for being with us for this journey. Uh, you've taught me so much and to uh, know that you cared and you wrote notes and you cared about the show. We're not going away permanently. You know, we may be back on Voice America one day when I've got a little bit more free time, a little bit more clarity into to the message. Look for us to, to be around uh, doing this and be able to provide things. I can, I would tell you, Find some other stations within Voice America. They produce great content, including things like Georgetown and other programs. So thanks for being with us for this ride and look forward to our journeys continuing in the future. So for now, this is Jeff Smith signing off from Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.